that booty booty She keep that pump, yeah, yeah. That natural beauty beauty song even though it's ridiculous yeah <laughs> yes i've heard this she's talking about her butt oh yeah if you can see it from the front wait till you see it from the back i have not heard this yet you have you not? No. this is your jam i'm digging it Is the artist, the song is juicy. Uh oh, that's me. Yeah, big butt Gemini. Keep that plump. <laughs> yeah. If you could see it from the front till you see it from the back, 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 back. All right. Finally, a new podcast that isn't just uh, our Take Two podcast. Just our take two. Just our take two. It's so funny because we put so much work into the show that we do that plays on Energy 95.3. We often think like, what could possibly be better than that? Mm. But we get a lot of requests from people saying, oh my God, I just love hearing you guys shoot the shit. In the podcast. Yeah. Dropping the SH bomb off the top. I'll tell you something that I think <laughs> has changed over the last little bit and why you might be hearing fewer podcasts these days is that we, uh, we've we really been trying to push our show in a direction that has more of a podcast feel. Yeah. Um, we've been trying to, you know, just evolve into yes. more of that, like, longer form conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's still tough because, you know, there, we're a music-driven radio station when we're on Energy 95.3. But now we're doing breaks that are going seven, eight, nine minutes sometimes. And breaks are are what we call in the industry when we just talk. Yeah. That's a talk break, yeah. Yeah. What, is that obvious? No, I don't think it's right, obvious. You're right. I, I, sometimes I'm, I'm speaking in the lingo. Lingo is a term, by the way, for uh, describing uh, things that are common. With <laughs> Come on. No, but because I think because we're doing, you know, eight minute conversations and we're doing a lot more of that, mm-hmm. I feel like by the time we hit 9 a.m., which is usually when we would record the podcast, we're done. We're exhausted. Like hit a wall. Yeah. And we've also run out of things to talk about because there's only so much you can think of having totally. a conversation about. Totally. You know, have you ever gone out for dinner with someone and like the first two hours is great. If you're still there four hours later, sometimes you're just done. Yeah. You got nothing left like, to oh, say. I already asked you about that. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess we should get the bill. It kind of feels like that some yeah, days. It's just that awkward silence that permeates the room. between. Yeah. 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 And then that's, I didn't want the podcast to be like awkward silence because we've all run out of things to say <laughs> yeah some days you just you hit a wall and uh and it's kind of like doing a whole other show yes it's like starting a fresh show which can seem exhausting after doing the first one yeah you're a pilot you just finish an eight-hour flight you land you, the last thing you're thinking about is taking off for another <laughs> two-hour flight let's or something. do it again let's do it again so yeah it's been a little more challenging especially with the new direction the show has been taking but i do uh appreciate that there's been so many people mm-hmm. asking about it like oh are you guys never gonna do a podcast again because we haven't done much for 2020 yeah is this so- the second one or the third one Who do you- this is number two number oh, two shit. for the year and it's february you know end of february well Jesus. you know we'll get better at it and yeah. and i think our show will evolve 
and this will evolve and we'll get into a groove. That'll maybe, be that. maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe the bosses or you know, maybe the reaction with, uh, you know, the show that we do that we get paid to do will be terrible and we'll have to tighten it up. And then we'll go back to doing like three minute, four minute uh, conversations totally. with more music. You never know. I hope not, though, because I'm really enjoying where we used to be at the old radio station. They mm-hmm. they really had us like talking. Four minutes would be tops. Yeah, they wanted tops. us. You know, there was a time where we had a boss and uh, her suggestion to our producer was um, <laughs> if they're talking too long, if it's been more than like three, three and a half minutes, just turn off their microphones. <laughs> That's that's crazy. Is I that would the never stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> yeah. Could was, you imagine if it was like anyway, I'm telling this Yeah, Mike off. off. <laughs> Start the song. You know, like <laughs> just cutting someone off? That was the suggestion we got. Uh that person's no longer the boss over there. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm like free to speak about it. But it was like a legitimate suggestion to our producer on how to wrap us up. If we're not wrapping up when he gave us the wrap up sign, which he usually did at around three minutes. Yeah. The suggestion was just turn off their mics and play a song. <laughs> I'll never do that to you guys. <laughs> yeah, but if your oh boss is telling you to, what are you gonna do, Bundes? Oh, that was insane. No, you know? no, like, what are you gonna do? Boss would ever say to do that because just think of the awkward transition that would be. Yeah, that just would sound like horrible radio. It would just all yeah. of a sudden it would stop because you'd be mid conversation and then a song would start playing. Yeah, you'd think that something happened. Well, she'd be like, "You better be saying something that's more interesting than." And Drake, because Drake is playing next. So if you're not yeah. better than Drake, yeah. then go to Drake. That was another thing. Look at the song ahead and ask yourself, is what you're talking about better than the song you're about to play? Right. Is it more entertaining and you're more like, engaging? Oh, well, shit. Really? I are don't you know. Kidding? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you never know. Most I mean, of these artists are international superstars. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think when, if you're listening to radio... You can hear music. You can hear Drake anywhere. You can listen to it on Spotify, your CD, whatever you want. So if I'm listening to the radio, then I want to hear the personalities on the radio and feel like I'm a part of something. Mm -hmm. And the music helps create that vibe, but it's mainly the the people on the air that are that are selling me to listen to the radio to begin with. That's my perspective. Yeah, that's for you, and for it's not everybody's perspective. Some people. uh, We used to do this thing. Where they would, um, it was called like pod testing or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they would take a <gasps> bit that we did on the radio. Could have been a game like Rockify or uh, whatever. Any yeah. conversation we did on, on the air. And then they would bring it into a room full of people. Almost and, like an auditorium, like a theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they would play it back for people. And every single person in that room had a dial and they would turn it to the right or left, depending on how interested in what they were hearing they were, they were and what they hear, were hearing. Yeah. Turn so, it up or turn, turn it, it up. down. Oh, this is good. You'd see the level go up. And then if it got slow or boring, it would go down. Mm-hmm. And um, our boss at the time would always say, well, you always want to make sure you're outperforming the music. So if the music's like a seven on 10, mm. you know, all your material, if you're not beating seven, you might as well just be playing music. Yeah. And they would, so you would literally, we'd sit in a room and we'd listen back to a conversation we had on the air, uh-huh. a break, and then you would watch the levels go up and down, depending what was happening. It was excruciating literally, sitting there watching that. Oftentimes, as soon as I would open my mouth and be like, ah, 
dial go down. Yeah, as soon as you start talking, the dial goes down. They're like, eh, I don't really like the voice, sir. And know. then you got to be like, you got to say something a little outrageous to get people's attention, like, oh, penis, and then it's like, uh, ah! <laughs> all of a sudden people are listening or whatever it was. Yeah, you know, they would talk about how important it is to hook people in in the first eight seconds yeah. you're talking. My penis hurts. <laughs> and then yeah, you're yeah, 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 yeah. Or oh my god, why. you're never gonna believe what I did to get in the worst fight with my wife last night. And then people are like, oh, right. da, 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 da. yeah. And then you start talking. And then it whittles down and then up and down. And oh, yeah. it was a whole thing. It and it's like whole thing. everybody is listening to radio for different reasons. So, you know, for you, Bunnis, you want to hear the people talk. For other people, they want to hear the song with maybe a, like a little bit of conversation in between. Everything's and, changing now, though. Everything I, is changing. I will say when that boss left and we had more freedom and when we started just taking more freedom ourselves, the show got bigger and bigger. Yes. And the more conversation we had and the longer our breaks went the more success we had as a morning show Mm -hmm. and so maybe that was just because people had grown with us through that time and maybe if we had started that way it wouldn't have been that way who knows who knows but uh so it's always like an experiment of the ratio between music you know in a perfect world we'd have a big team here in my in my head and we would just do a radio show without music at all Mm mm-hmm but oh, you need to I have agree. like a, you know a big team of people that help could help carry that kind of show yeah. because with two people or three people it's very difficult to you know cover off without it being a little boring. You know, I'll speak for yourself, buddy. Yeah, no, it's true. Though. You're, right. <laughs> oh, you're talking like almost four hours worth of con- like of talking, well, which goes back to the dinner table conversation hours. we started this whole thing with. Yeah, you don't want yeah. that awkward silence on the air. Yeah, it can get... Uh, anyway, we're just finding our way. We're finding and our way, and thank you so much for coming along for the ride, and you can always give us feedback, too. Slide into our DMs. We, you know, it's good to hear your feedback. Speaking of feedback, I'm surprised you've never received any negative feedback over all the comments you've made about bouncers over the years. <laughs> like, well, even this morning, you were railing <laughs> on bar bouncers at the Trashateria. In Guelph, which is no longer in business, so I'm sure they have a lovely bouncers working there. But <laughs> it, it is... You pretty much painted every bouncer as a complete douchebag. In Guelph. <laughs> in Guelph. And anyone who grew up in Guelph will attest to that, too. It was like, I felt like I was in line at Studio 54 in New York City or some legend legendary freaking club in Miami like get over yourself yeah, but you were this under you were telling a story about how you were underage yeah and you used fake ID yeah and like the guy else. the guy gave you a bit of a lecture and said don't use this here or anywhere in Guelph yeah, fuck like they you. were a conglomerate of <laughs> bouncers who were going to be sharing their information like I still remember that guy's smug face and guess what I didn't even <laughs> say this on the air after he did that to me yeah. I walked across the freaking street to Van Gogh's ear and went up into the bar and had a wonderful night. Spent your money there. Yeah. And risked the license of the establishment <laughs> by being in there underage. Well, listen, I get it. You, you know, own a bar. Imagine, imagine you had a bunch of underage people drinking in there. Wouldn't that freak you out? Yeah, yeah. We could Wh- totally lose our liquor yeah. license. And if for you that. had a bouncer, wouldn't you be like, dude, whatever you do, make sure they're of age. No fucking questions. Like, they have to be. No, yeah, but you don't older. have to treat people like shit. When Matt often has to bounce people at the bar, really, we have to throw them out because they're, they're too young, they're too intoxicated. Yeah, um, you know they'll come in having been at other bars. They've they've been overserved, and we can't serve them, or we're just at capacity and we can't take any more people. The goal is to turn people away with a smile. 
and to make sure that they'll want to come back when they're of age or when they're not super intoxicated. You have to treat everyone like it's a relative. That guy treated me like shit in front of everyone, and there was no need for that. Just be like, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work here. Yeah. Sorry. Don't be like... You don't have enough don't proof ever... that you're of age, and yeah. I can uh, we can uh, get into some serious trouble if yeah. we let underage people in. I'm just so. like, I'm sorry, I can't accept this. Like the LCBO has that thing, look under 21, we're going to ask you for ID, or yeah. 25, I 25. think it is, yeah. But it's just like, you don't, don't, I'll never forget him saying, don't ever, as a matter of fact, don't ever try this in Guelph again. Like, who are you? Plus, a lot of these guys just came and, like, worked. They were part of the university crowd. And they would treat the townies, which is what they called us, the locals, oh. like shit. You were a townie. Yes. I only learned that they called us townies after dating a guy who came to the city for university. <laughs> Apparently, like, we were like hicks to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Came from the big city to Guelph and make fun of us all. Come on. <laughs> get over yourself. Wow. This is my bar. It's like when you're up north and they refer to people from the city as cityots. Have you ever heard that no. term? <laughs> You've never heard that before? Cityots? Yeah. That's all awesome. A bunch of cityots showing up in their SUVs and their yeah. you know, rich cottages and coming and infiltrating our the town of Gravenhurst. Yeah, like, you know, imagine going to a, t- a bar in Gravenhurst. Yeah. And you live there, and then a bunch of cityots come in and think they own the place. Pisses me off. What I find funny is that your voice for the bouncer is the same voice you do for the godfather. What? What? Yeah. As a matter of fact, don't use this anywhere at Quill. As a matter of fact, don't even try using this. Anywhere in the city of Guelph. <laughs> yeah, but you know, did you know yeah. that the city of Guelph is where a lot of mobsters retire to? Did you know that? No. Come on. There's mobsters in every city. No, no, no. They go to Guelph specifically. That's why. Why Guelph? I don't know. It's like a they monster. Feel a monster with everybody around them. It's like a know, mobster haven. I didn't know mobsters could retire. <laughs> I, th- I thought that like being retired would be like you know you're sleeping with the fishes kind of retire. You're dead. Ah, yeah, you dead. retire when you get shot in the head. Yeah. No, no, that is uh, totally like only the townies would know this. Oh, okay, but uh, the mobsters retire. In Guelph. That's why yeah. there's so so many Italians in Guelph. Like, everybody had a kitchen in their basement, <laughs> which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, having a kitchen in your basement doesn't mean you're a mobster. Oh, it means, it's uh, just common amongst Italian families who do a lot of cooking. <laughs> don't want to stink up the whole house, I guess. You know, when they make the sauce. No, I know that. They go into the basement and they <laughs> do yeah. all the, the tomato work there. <laughs> Why do they have to do that in the basement? Because it's messy, I guess. I think they like to just have multiple things going at the same time. Like Italians really appreciate food and mm-hmm. they're damn good at it. So yeah. whatever they're doing, it's working for them. Yes. You shouldn't question it. You shouldn't be like, the mobsters, <laughs> they have a kitchen in the basement. <laughs> uh, they can't be trusted. <laughs> or oh, maybe no. they can be trusted. We trust them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could see it being really beneficial if I had a house big enough to have a kitchen in the basement, too. Me I mean, too, I have actually. a double wall oven. And that's that is a, the greatest. That's a game changer, right? It is. Yeah. You know, when you can cook potatoes at 425 and then have chicken in another oven at 375? Ugh, it's a real... It's fuck, the dream. It's a real head scratcher when you're like, what am I going to do? I got to get these potatoes 
yeah. and the chicken, and they're both at completely different temperatures. Yeah, right. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> My wall oven is the same size as an individual oven. They just divided it in two. They found a way to Did turn they? it into two ovens. What yeah. kind of oven is that? I don't know. It's like um, an oven I bought at Goldman's Appliances. Goldman's? Well, you, you can get double um, door ovens, like two sections that fill the same size as one single normal size oven. What do you do if you got a big bird you want to put it in there? It fits. It fits? Uh, yeah. Like you just use the lowest rack and they, you know, you get the convection going. Does the job. No problem. <laughs> I know. That's always the concern, right? Is that the, meal you cook once a once year? Once a year. Yeah. yeah. Just inconvenience. Your whole year based on one dinner? <laughs> it's so Like, true. forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Oh, you yeah, know, I'm speaking like I'm a mobster. You might as well move to Guelph. <laughs> yeah. But every industry has the people that are ruining it for everybody else. Oh, you know what the worst industry is for that? Radio DJs. Nah, well, that's good. Probably you could bring Douche up some good, exam- good examples there. Great industry for that? What? Is real estate. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. <laughs> the ratio... And we talked a little bit about this on our show, but the ratio of douchebag to stellar real estate agent is way out of whack. There's far too many douchebags well, in see, that industry. I haven't hired enough real estate agents to know this. Like, how? What are you basing this on? I'm basing it on uh, the. I'll give you an example. Um, I can think of two cases. Uh, something that happened to a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Like, if I just off the top of my head where they were going to buy this old house and the real estate agent lied to them about what type of insulation was in the house. Why? Well, because it was like, I don't, I forget, it was the type of insulation that's not as safe today as it was back in the day. Okay. Like Eufy insulation. I can't remember. But flat out lied about it in order to get them to buy a house. And then once they did the inspection, they found this out and then they found out the real estate agent knew about it. And, and didn't uh, disclose. Didn't disclose it. Yikes. I'll give you another example. A uh, perfect example um, was that I was shopping for my first house with my wife. We went into one particular house four times. We were like prepared, really thinking about making an offer on this house. Yeah. The listing agent knew we'd been in there four times, but then one of his own clients wanted to make an offer on that house. And instead of informing my agent that there was going to be an offer on the table and we should submit one as well, Mm -hmm. he did it all behind our agent's back so he could get double commission. Right. That... That's a douchebag move because I'm pretty he sure w- that's illegal. Yeah, it could, you know, but what are they going to do? Well, you got to prove it and do all. Like, I was really tempted to go to the homeowner's house and leave a note and just say, just so you know, yeah. we were really interested in your house and yeah. your agent never told us that there was an offer coming in and right. that we should get one together because it wasn't at a time where people were holding offers in London, Ontario. Okay. You know, where in Toronto, Hamilton now, it's like everybody's, you know, accepting offers on Tuesday mm-hmm. beginning at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. But that's like a, that happens all the time. That's insane. My first house, my agent uh, told me that we could do a renovation for 25, 30 grand. So he convinced us to buy the house because we wanted to put a, we wanted a four bedroom house because mm-hmm. we were going to be out of town from our family. We wanted a place for everyone to stay. Sure. And uh, he's like, oh, just put a bedroom and a bathroom up over the garage. Here's a house that already did it. 25, 30 grand. No problem. <laughs> we started costing it out. It was going to be like 70 grand. Yeah. But he just told us what we needed to hear to buy the house. He must have known that. How dumb can you be? Like he, it's that, that's his job. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, it, we had multiple people look into it and yeah. tell us how much it was going to be. And then all of a sudden the house would be, we would have paid more than it'd be worth after we finished the renovation. So we weren't going to do it. So we yeah. were stuck with a house we didn't even really want. 
in the end, all because of a douchebag real estate agent. This is exactly why I sold my first two houses myself using uh, Comfrey. Yeah. But that, you can't use Comfrey in every city because they cock block Comfrey. Real estate agents I bet I could do, do it. I bet I could do it in Full Toronto. Cock block, Bundus. Cock block. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. You're right. Yeah. This is the key. This is what I did in both cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, Comfrey is a service. It gets you on MLS. So you can get an ad on there. They're like a brokerage and through you pay like a fraction. I think uh, for my first house, it was maybe $700 I paid for the service. Mm-hmm. And I got on Comfrey and I put in the ad that I'm willing to negotiate with buying agents. Okay. So buying agents would call me first. What do you mean by that? And I'd say, oh, I'll pay up to two and a half percent depending on the offer you present. And they said, okay, well, we're going to bring our client by. Can we come by here? Because so people, you- what happens is clients find the house on MLS and then they ask their agents to go see it. Right. And the agents are like, ah, shit, I don't want to go, but my client wants to go. They don't want to go because they're not going to get any money for that. Uh, they Normally. Will, well, no, it, it depends on the person who's listing it. Most people will negotiate with a buying agent and cut them in on it. Oh, okay. So I paid 2.5% to the person who bought my house. I had multiple offers on that house wow. selling it myself. My second house, I sold again using Comfrey, mm-hmm. and I had more than one offer. The first one was co- had conditions attached, so we accepted it, and then an o- another offer came in, and we uh, I ended up selling it to a person who didn't have an agent, and so I cut them a better deal, wow. and I covered the legal fees, which were like, a f- I don't know, $500, $700 or something to have the documents drawn up. 700 So if I was to sell my house in Toronto, I would have no problem trying it first. What's the risk you're going to take? The risk is that $1,000, $1,500 for the- It sits on the market for, and then people are like, why did the house sit Uh, on the market? Nobody wanted it. There must be something wrong. If I'm willing to negotiate with agents, people will find it and they'll want to see the house. Yeah. And then they're forced into it. It's just that people don't do it. It's so crazy. Uh, I'm really going to piss off agents here. (laughs) <laughs> but like when you have a house that you know is going to sell within seven days, I know my house in my neighborhood yeah. where I live, a house does not last unless it's crazy overpriced. Yeah. If it's priced accordingly, mm-hmm. it sells within seven days every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can stage my house and get it looking pretty good. You stage? Well, no. But I mean, <laughs> I could sell my house in the current condition it's in. I'd take a few personal pictures down yeah it's because you're so clean you and deb everything's so squeaky clean there are times where an agent is really going to help you out yeah you know especially when you're looking i remember like i looked at shit shows for houses like i looked at places that had jerk off stations in the basement literally bundus what what explain the jerk off station Was it like, so I, that, I, I, you say that, I just watched again, it was on TV, I Love You Man, oh, which is a great so movie good. with Jason Siegel and... Um, was there a jerk-off Paul station Rudd? in that? Yeah, in the man cave, Paul Rudd. Shut up. So when Paul Rudd first went, he has like this garage where he has the drums and the guitars and everything. Yeah. It's like the man cave. Mm-hmm. And in it, he's got a jerk-off station. He does? Yeah. He's got like a, <laughs> like a lounge chair, a little table with hand cream and condoms. And then... Uh, and then <laughs> what do you Paul need the Rudd, condoms well, for? Well, Paul Rudd asked about Like, what are the condoms for? Because he's like, you bring girls back here? He's like, no, no, no. Girls aren't allowed in the man cave. <laughs> think I think I'd have a jerk-off station if I let girls in here? And then he's like, well, what's with the condoms? And he's like, I like to jerk off with condoms. It's cleaner. 
<laughs> that movie is so funny at times. So funny. So what I, was the jerk off station you so saw? So we went and saw it. Like we were looking for a very unique space, and uh, you know, because we wanted a mixed use one, commercial and residential. So commercial on the main floor, and then like an apartment or something upstairs. So we went to look at some places where maybe people don't really hang out in the basement very often, because the basement would be storage for a store or a cafe. And we went into this one place in Toronto, and we went in the basement and f- like facing the wall, like a like a concrete wall. There was a chair set up, tissues, <laughs> lotion, and a pornographic magazine that looked like it was from the seventies. <laughs> So it was interesting. I didn't want to touch it, but I was like, oh, that's vintage porn. Kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, like when we were in the <laughs> chain smokers locker room, they had vintage porn magazines. Yeah, they Remember did. that locker yeah. room, their change room, green I think room, they're whatever. probably worth money now, but full jerk off station. And I'm like, why did this person, w- while they're selling their place, not take the jerk off station out of here? Yeah. Or why wouldn't the agent? Uh, I assume that that station was sort of a permanent fixture in the basement. <laughs> Why wouldn't they make a change to it yeah. and just take it down themselves? Put a TV in front of the chair. It's yeah. not a jerk-off station anymore. <laughs> Get one of those fake laptops they have at Ikea, you know, yes. on the display cases yes. and stuff. just a fake. Throw it there. Something or other. But yeah, horrifying. But the yeah. thing I hate when real estate agents take you through places, they always bring up the stupidest things I find like, so you can paint, you can repaint this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fresh coat of paint. Fresh. Co- I'm like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's the shit I can't see that's scaring me. Yeah. You know what's behind that freaking wall? Behind the jerk off station. What's underneath <laughs> the, the jerk off station? <laughs> <laughs> if I can uh, see a jerk off station, what can't I see? Yeah, you got to look. There's some people who need to have an agent to list the place and other people who can handle it themselves. Agreed. You know, Agreed. you got to be there. You got to show people through your house. Mm-hmm. My in-laws are selling their house right now. They're about to put it on the market. And mm. my uh, father-in-law was getting so angry because he was interviewing a lot of different real estate agents. And they would say, what are you looking for for the house? And he's like, well, you tell me yeah. what I can get for the house. Yeah. And I think that terrified them. (laughs) But finally, somebody told them what they could get for the house. And he's like, well, that's the agent I'm going with. Well, it's so stupid. They shouldn't have taken a meeting unless they had all the comparables printed off to bring them and just say, look, your neighborhood, these are the last 10 houses that sold that are Mm. sort of like yours. And they range in price from 900 to to a million one or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's usually what happens if they're a good agent. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess it's just one of those it's just one of those jobs where there's really good agents. Like there's people in my community that service only my neighborhood. Yeah. I live in Riverdale in Toronto. Yeah. And there's people that hyper focus on that. And yeah. there's this one guy, he seems like a great guy. Mm-hmm. And he's handing out pies and pumpkins and investing in the community and doing all like, you know, if there's organizations, he gives money to them sure. and sponsors all kinds of stuff. And so a guy like that, you're like, well, you know what? If I have to use an agent, that would be a good guy. I loved my agent. Uh-huh. My agent, um, this guy, uh, Doug. Dougie? Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he gave us as a gift $2,500 when we bought our house. A check. What? Because we bought our house in one day. 
Yeah, see, we worked with him in one day. Awesome. The next day we met, we put an offer together, we got our house. And he's like, here's 25. And he's like, man, he knew. He just made, he probably made 25 grand off that, 30,000 off the, uh, his commission. In 24 hours. Maybe. Yeah. In 24 hours of work. So he, and it was smart because, you know, he would be the first guy I'd probably think about hiring again if I needed to sell, if I decided not to do it myself. Sure. It is really amazing, though. What kind of stuff you'll see when you're looking for a house or buying it, you know, looking for a condo, the kind of things people will just have in their place or the people you run into. I remember uh, looking at this one house and the whole house was empty. We're going through the whole house and then we open up one of the bedrooms upstairs and there's these two older guys who aren't wearing shirts sitting in like old fashioned <laughs> lawn chairs in front of the smallest TV you could imagine. <laughs> Did they just think you were going to go in that room? I don't know. But like they had to know that someone was going through the house and maybe that's why they were in there. But the fact that they were just kind of wearing full pants, they were topless and yeah. they were sitting. Do you know the lawn chairs that look like, uh, how would you describe weaved? it? They're, weaved. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There were like two weaved lawn chairs and they were just sitting there watching the crappiest TV ever. <laughs> and there's no other furniture in the house? Uh, no, it was furnished. There Whoa. were people there. It wasn't staged or anything. Oh, okay. Gotcha. This is, uh, again, like I was looking for a house in the in London, Ontario. They didn't really see multiple offers that often until recently. So people would sell their house. It would take them a month and a half. Right. So they would live in it mm-hmm. and they wouldn't want to buy another house until they sold their house. So it was always just kind of furnished with people's junk. Yeah. I remember going through a house in Toronto and... Um, there were multiple rooms upstairs, like apartments, and I went into one door, and there was a guy standing there in his bedroom. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. Like, he knew we were coming through and just didn't care. Full guy, like, he could have been naked. I opened his bedroom door. And he's there. And walked It's in. frightening, right? Yeah. Totally frightening. Thank God he didn't have his shirt off. But, yeah, it's so awkward when people are there and you're going through their house. Did you ever uh, encounter any cameras or anything that were set up to uh, film you? No, never. I did that once. You filmed people at your open house? No, just the audio. <laughs> what were they saying? Uh, nothing. Interesting. They were like, I didn't get anything good. Oh, that's funny. But uh, yeah, I was just curious what people were saying. Yeah. I wonder if that's against the law. Uh, pretty sure. In Canada, you're allowed to record someone as long as one of the people being recorded knows you're recording. Oh, I wonder if I've just incriminated myself. Oh. <laughs> it was it wasn't it you could barely hear them. I didn't really have like proper equipment to do it. I literally had a point and shoot camera that I just pressed record on and then mm. I left it on a shelf just hoping that the audio would pick up yeah. and it was just more like well, it's over here in the bathroom. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, like nobody said anything, so it was kind of a waste of time. You thought they were going to diss your house? I thought no. I, I didn't think it would. I just would be curious what people were saying. Yeah, I would have loved that. I would have loved that. Remember when I created like a whole playlist for my old place? Oh yeah. I created like so when people were coming through, I wanted to curate the vibe. You your <laughs> playlist. Yeah, you love Ma- your playlist. Maura thinks that she's got the perfect song for every situation, including a song. Didn't you have a, a Bluetooth speaker in the bathroom yeah. that played one song over on repeat? On repeat? Yeah. And it was a French song. Yeah, c'est bon, c'est bon. This kind of like boudoir. In the bathroom? Yeah. (laughs) Just in the bathroom. (laughs) Okay. People appreciated it. We got multiple offers, so it obviously worked. (laughs) Yeah, right. I think an experience is about all of the senses. The smell. Why do you think people say bake a batch of cookies before you come in? That's so cliche. 
Yeah, but that or makes the house feel like a home. cinnamon sticks, so yeah. it smells like apple pie. Yeah. What you don't? I I love that. Smell is important. Lighting. I can't stand when I see an open house in your neighborhood and they just leave the lights on full blast. Full blast they lights are a killer. They always do that. You go, yeah. You're going to walk into that house and be like, eh, and immediately wonder if they have dimmers. And if they don't, you now hate the house. There's this house I pass by all the time when I'm walking at night in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they have this crazy um, chandelier in the main living area. So it has screw-ins for maybe there's like eight light bulbs. Okay. And they are the harshest, whitest <laughs> LED lights you can find. <laughs> and it's never dimmed. It's always full blast. It looks like someone's painting in there. You ever pass by a house and they have those floodlights just because yes. they're doing construction? It looks like that in their living room every day. And I just, I want to buy them a dimmer and mm. install it for them. <laughs> just so that I, I could never live that way. Yeah. Everything on dimmers. I don't, you know, we, we we would go into these high-end houses. Remember that? We would be broadcasting live from a high-end house. Oh, it's that they're part, giving away or something? It's part of a giveaway? Yeah. Like a million-dollar house. No. A $5 million house. Multi, $4 million house. Multi-million dollar. No dimmers. Everything. Anywhere. Full blast. I don't get it. Like. Well, they're just saving money. It's like on a, the bill. Isn't it like a hundred bucks to throw a dimmer on? Less than that. You can buy packs of them, you know, a three pack of LED uh, dimmer, dimmable dimmers or whatever. It'd be less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. They're maybe $25 each in that range. But I guess if you have like. M- if you're doing every like, room. Next yeah. thing you know, it's a thousand bucks. So worth it though. Yeah. yeah so I Lighting is key. Lighting is key. Sound. Music, having some music on like in the background warms up. speakers on outside that were playing like cool jazz so people could picture having a party in the backyard. The risk, though, is that someone's going to think that it's a douchebag playlist. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, someone's oh gonna my God. It? They're going to be like, I can't live here. I'll be a douchebag. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I nailed the playlist. Trust me. Jazz, eh, on the way up? Yeah. Yeah. Jazz outside. Do you ever listen to jazz at yeah. a party? Yeah. Oh, at like a party, no. But this is um this would be more for like a mixed crowd, mixed age. We had everything from like older retired couples coming through the house to like young people looking to get out of a condo. Yeah, maybe that ass song we should have put put on in the playlist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back, Juicy. back, 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 back. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you see it from the back, 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 back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would set a mood, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, on that note, why don't we play a little duh. Dojo Cat featuring Tyga. Juicy. I want the chorus though. I don't want this part. If you like this, uh, you'll like her vibe if you're into this song. Doja Cat. Anyway, uh, I guess that'll wrap up this podcast. Yeah. We're trying. Thanks to all the douchebags listening right now. (laughs) There's douchebags everywhere. Everywhere. Every industry has them. Just some, they're a little more prevalent. (laughs) And um, I'd like to hear from the bouncers that are upset with Mora. Oh, whatever. Talk to you later. Bye.
She keep that pump, yeah. That natural beauty, beauty. 